It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. New season, same result. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast because we are live right now once again on YouTube following every Carolina Panthers game about an hour after the fact. I'll be live right here on the Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel breaking it down. But if you ever miss a live episode, it's okay. It's going to be right there in your podcasting feeds, and yes, of course, on YouTube for you to watch back. Make sure to also follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, because on Wednesdays, I want to hear from you, because every single Wednesday throughout the regular season, and, well, hopefully playoffs, but didn't look good today, I will be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get those questions into me. Now, today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Atlanta Falcons 24 The Carolina Panthers, 10. New season, same story, at least that's what I was told on Twitter. I'm going to talk to you all for about 30 minutes, but I honestly don't really need to say all that much other than three turnovers. That was the difference from the Panthers winning and the Panthers losing. The Panthers lost primarily because of three turnovers and multiple mistakes made in this debut for Bryce Young, Frank Reich as their head coach, and the opener of the 2023 seasons down in a city where the Panthers just seem to always find a way to lose to the Falcons. Go back to last year. Why did the Panthers lose that game? Pick six right before half. DJ Moore, we can say this. He's not on the team anymore, but it would be great if we had him looking at the wide receiver play today, which I told y'all. But DJ Moore foolishly throws his helmet off. Had never been in that situation before, so can you really blame him? And the rules technically was in the field of play. Either way, don't take your helmet off. Eddie Pinheiro, not one but two misses. Mistakes, 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 mistakes. That's why the Panthers lost in Atlanta last year. And again, that's why the Carolina Panthers lost today in Atlanta. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Matt Rule is an awful head coach here in Carolina, and we're seeing the same issues in Nebraska. Cannot find out who the quarterback is, mistakes, all that. He was awful. And he had a very corny thing that he did during training camp, a sign that said D-B-O. What does that mean? Don't beat ourselves. As corny as that is, that's something that matters. And we saw that today. The Carolina Panthers beat themselves. Bryce Young, first interception, 
puts the Falcons in prime territory to punch it in for a touchdown. Second interception. And this is the key thing. For Bryce, there's going to be ups and downs. And I am not down on Bryce. I'm not saying that Bryce Young is a bum, a bust, or anything. I still believe in Bryce Young. He had a bad day, but he's a rookie. And going to this game, first-round picks since 2021 were 0-13-1 in their debuts. Surprise, 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 and now 0-14-1. Not shocking at all that that's the result. It's disappointing, but it's not surprising considering history tells you you're not going to win this game, but the Panthers could have won this game. But the rookie quarterback was a big reason why they didn't because of those interceptions. So the first one, all right, he looked at the coverage, didn't double-check to see whether Jesse Bates was still there at the safety position. Bates jumps on the route, gets an interception. He's an all-pro type of player. He's played in the Super Bowl and in the AFC Championship back-to-back years, just like Von Bell, who's now here in Carolina. He had had a far greater impact today than Von Bell did, but also because Desmond Ritter didn't have a great game throwing the ball for the Atlanta Falcons. So Bryce Young, when you make that mistake, you got to learn from it. You can't make the same mistake twice, especially in the same game, which he does, second interception. Again, like he said after the game, made the assumption what the coverage was, didn't double-check to see if the safety was still there. Well, the safety was still there. Jesse Bates, exact same play. I thought Robert Smith did a really good job on what was a poor Fox broadcast, as they always are, uh, breaking down what happened on that play that led to those interceptions, saying it was the exact same thing. Jesse Bates breaks on it. He's a great player. There's a reason why the Falcons paid him the money they paid him to get him down there in Atlanta, and that paid off already in week one, helping them get to 1-0. So Bryce Young makes those mistakes. Outside of that, I thought Bryce was fine. Like, I'd probably give him, like, a C grade if we're grading his performance. It wasn't great. It wasn't good. It wasn't flat-out terrible. It wasn't really bad. It was just like, eh. It was eh. So, 20 of 38, 146 yards, touchdown. Those two interceptions lead directly to 10 points for the Atlanta Falcons. But it wasn't just Bryce who made a mistake. Miles Sanders, we didn't get to see him in the preseason. Had the groin injury. The Panthers probably held him out a little bit there, too, assuming that they're going to use him as a workhorse back. And he had 18 carries today. Was he the most effective back for the Panthers? No, but we'll get to that here later on in the show. But it has a mistake there. Looks like he's going down. Going to break, I didn't think he was down, but then you look at the replay, it does look like he got punched out, and I thought it was the right call for the NFL to say that he was not down. Now, the immediate recovery, that's the thing about it. For the turn it over, to be able to reverse that call, you have to be able to see an immediate recovery. And at first, I didn't see it. Now, again, Fox, never have great broadcasts, do a terrible job in every sport they cover. They did not do a good job showing us the replay going to break. And even coming back, they didn't show us until... Right as the decision was made, it was like, oh, yeah, actually, Lorenzo Carter's there. So at first glance, it did look like he was down, and it also did not look like it was an immediate recovery because there was a scrum. But I do think they got the call right, which then led to seven more Atlanta Falcons points right there. You don't turn the ball over three times. The Falcons don't score a single point leading up to that point in time where then they go up 17-10. It's a 10-0 football game. You look at it, the Panthers win 10-7 if they don't turn the football over. It's really that simple. In football at every level, peewee, middle school, high school, the college, the NFL, if you turn the ball over, you're not going to win. And the Panthers turn the ball over, and that's why they lost, among other reasons. Now, there was other mistakes. Ike Aquanu, as soon as the Panthers go down 7-10, he had a rough preseason He has an ill-timed false start on a third and five. You can make whatever determination you want to make on whether the Panthers would have ran or threw the football in that situation, but at least you have the option on third and five to have the defense guessing. On third and 10, there is no guessing at all. 
That's when a defense can pin their ears back and show you something exotic and get after your ass. And that's what they did when they ran that stunt, got Bud Dupree right up the chute, right in Bryce Young's lap. There's a sack, punt the ball. Now, fortunately, the Panthers forced a punt. But then... I don't know what on earth that was. In a way, it's a mistake because I have no I have no idea what Amir Smith Marset, who's only on the roster to return kicks, was doing on that return when he's running backwards towards the goal line. The call I don't understand. Now Frank Wright tried to break it down for us because Dean Blandino did a terrible job. That's his only job is to explain the rules of football. And God, thank he's not good thing he's not working for the NFL anymore because he did not explain it. And Chris Myers like great explanation wasn't true. Maybe Chris Myers say, "Hey colleague, I'm still confused here. So is the audience. Can you please break it down for us?" Didn't do a great job, but Frank Reich at least from what he got from the explanation from the official. Because the Panthers, the blocking out of bounds, and then there's the horse collar, of course, that we saw. Because it was both, they're both personal fouls, and there's a change of possession. That's why the Panthers had the ball at the one. So if that's the rule, then okay, I'm still confused because every other situation, that's one of those weird loopholes that maybe we should go reevaluate that, but it rarely happens. It's one of those weird loopholes where it impacts the returning team, like the Panthers in that situation, and they're kind of SOL. But also, your punt returner, don't be a bonehead and run the ball. Like, if he doesn't even have a horse collar, if it's a normal tackle, they're still at the one. Like, what are you doing? So, it's just things like that. And I am not even, I'm not even out here to say the officials got it right. Because that was confusing. I know the the challenge there or the review there with the uh, Algier touchdown. I don't think you can overturn it just based off the rules of the game. But just mistakes the Panthers made. Their interceptions, the fumbles that directly led to 17 Falcons points, the false start in a situation where, all right, you got third down, you need to be able to stay on the field, you just went down by seven points, just had another turnover, get some sort of momentum, the momentum saves to the Falcons. And when you get the ball back, and then you do something boneheaded like that, like don't even have the penalty in the first place, don't commit a penalty, but then don't run the ball towards the goal line, and then have some wild loophole have you inside the one. It's just they made so many mistakes today. And that's why the Panthers lost. Made mistakes last year in Atlanta. That's why they lost. So when someone tweets at me and says, new season, same story, that's what they're talking about. It's frustrating to see it happen. I still think Bryce Young will be good here in Carolina. I am not worried about Bryce. I know Frank Reich said, I'm, he's, at least my concerns is Bryce Young, how he, how he bounces back. And we'll see how he bounced back. Because today, he made a mistake and went back and made the same mistake. I don't anticipate that happening, hopefully again. At least that mistake maybe makes another one. He will throw the ball away at times. We hadn't seen him have any turnover-worthy plays. We saw it twice today. But Bryce Young needs some damn help, man. And I thought the O-line played well, but those receivers, they weren't up to snuff. And I've been telling y'all all offseason, they ain't got it. And now DJ Chark, we'll see what it looks like with them. But it ain't like DJ Chark has been an all-pro. It's not like DJ Chark is Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. It's going to be... Oh, hey, everything's turned around. We'll see how that works out. So we'll get into that more later on in the show. But there is one thing that happened on Sunday that is certainly alarming. J.C. Horn, another injury, went down with a hamstring. What kind of impact did that have on the Carolina Panthers moving forward? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team 
faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And when you do, make sure you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Quick shout out to the 79 people we have live right now here with us on YouTube and shout out to all the people, of course, who listen and support the podcast. I was already uh, coming in here to get live, get going here live, and I looked there, the chat was already crazy. I, I had posted this like ready to go like 4 o'clock, and I had seen people way back when uh, already having conversations about the Panthers losing 24 to 10, so I appreciate the spirit. Uh, even though in a loss, and we're back here again um, every game day. So next Monday night, not tomorrow, but next Monday night, I'll be on with y'all live probably about an hour afterwards. I got this Bleach Report thing I'm doing this year where immediately after the game's over there on Bleach Report. And if you're a complete sicko, you can go watch that and you can come watch this afterwards. But, you know, the, the audience is mainly here. Uh, so I appreciate everybody who's here with me live and all the folks out there that support the show through the ups and the downs of this Carolina Panthers season and just, you know, being a Panthers fan. Now, another big down for the Carolina Panthers as J.C. Horn went out early, or not early, but he went out, I guess, early in the game in a way, but he went out right before halftime, non-contact injury, and it took, again, Fox, what are we doing, man? It took forever. I saw J.C. was down. I was like, oh, no, please don't tell me he's actually down. It took them probably like 30 seconds before they said, oh, wait, actually, J.C. Horn is injured. And my hope was don't let this be non-contact, and that's what it was. J.C. Horn went down with a non-contact, what they're calling a hamstring injury right before halftime, walked out of the injury tent, was apparently visibly upset, which you would imagine for a guy who lost pretty much his entire rookie season to a broken foot on turf then came back the following year, he had rib issue, then he had friendly fire that broke his wrist, missed one of the biggest games of his young career against Tampa Bay, which we saw the impact there, and we'll get to the impact of missing Horn today in a moment, because it was the same guy who's done it in the past, surprise, 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 but J.C. Horn then today, yet again, on turf, non-contact injury, 
and gets hurt. And I, I, I want to know like if that had any impact because he talked about it with the foot and the players keep telling these owners, these billionaires and millionaires keep telling the billionaires, stop being cheap and put grass in there because it's not good on our bodies. But again, as I've said so many times, they do not care about these players. But back to J.C. Horn, just unfortunate for this to happen because he said it. He talked to Joe, Joe Person of the Athletic way back uh, in June. As OTAs are going on, they're about to get to mandatory minicamp, and he's saying, hey, man, I these injuries, it's not like I'm having a lot of soft tissue injuries like their breaks. Now, this one is one of those muscle pulls, which is different than what he's suffered before. And then right after having that interview, that conversation with Joe Person, he's ruled out for the rest of OTAs, which is only one practice, but then those two practices, mandatory minicamp, and then we're sitting here again like, oh, no, here we go. J.C. Warren's injured. Comes back, training camp, everything's good. Looked healthy, was never on the injury report then can't even get through a half of football before having a hamstring injury, non-contact. And I hope it's only a hamstring because when I first looked at it, it looked like he was holding his knee. Now, maybe that's what it actually is. And the Panthers just told his hamstring. I'm not quite sure. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm certain there'll be an MRI and we'll find out more. Frank Wright didn't have a lot to say. He just said, yeah, he was hamstring. He was ruled doubtful. He did not come back in that game as we saw. Now, the good thing is that Troy Hill came in and immediately made a play. And I had talked about this in the offseason, and I did not feel good about saying any of this. It was a matter of when, not if, Dante Jackson and or J.C. Horn went down with an injury. The Panthers needed to be ready. Now, Keith Taylor, C.J. Henderson, those are the guys that it looked like they were going to ride with again. There was a lot of positives to talk about them to start camp, and I was sitting here being like, okay, that's great, but I know what it looks like off of the two-year sample size of them actually playing games when they have to go in there and fill in for those guys. And what does it look like? It doesn't look good. So signing Troy Hill, who understands the system, is a veteran, that was a good move for the Panthers. They get rid of Keith Taylor. Okay, fine, whatever, not that big of a deal. They keep C.J. Henderson, who they decided to not exercise fifth-year option back in May because he has not been a good player for them. That was a bad trade, and it continues to be a bad trade, as we saw today. Horn off the field. Henderson on the field. The Falcons were terrible through the air all day. 91 passing yards. But 31, 34 rather, passing yards to Kyle Pitts on that reception where they called a DPI. I, I didn't really see it. It really just looked like Pitts was just able to go up there and get the ball. I didn't really see a lot of contact either way. It's a physical game. I didn't think it was OPI. I didn't think it was DPI. I just think it was C.J. Henderson getting outclassed by a more talented player. Now, hey, gator on gator crime, by the way. (laughs) So, just not good. Kyle Pitts makes a big play. The only time the Falcons even really did anything on their own merit to get get down the field to score, they punch it in with Tyler Algier. It's 24-10 ball game. But C.J. Henderson makes another mistake. Not a surprise at all. Not a surprise. And that's that's right there, the immediate impact of losing J.C. Horn. I want to see um, Troy Hill in there. I don't want to see Henderson. I'm already out on him. The Panthers are already out on him. Like, guys, they didn't exercise the fifth-year option. He's only on the roster because of, like, I don't know, because they need a corner. <laughs> they got him around for now. But I just – that's – Right there. We've seen it. We knew it. And that's that's what happens when you lose J.C. Horn. Now, long term, we can have these conversations when we have kind of more of an understanding of what the injury, um, the length of it is. Uh, but looking at it, it's three straight years where he's had what appears to be a significant injury. And I, I just don't know how, come May, the Panthers can exercise fifth-year option just based off of 
you had another injury. And I don't take any delight in saying this. Not I know there's plenty of people on Twitter, not just Twitter, who are just like, ah, oh, whatever, screw him. Like, this guy sucks. We should have got Sertan. It's bad luck, man. It's bad luck. I feel bad for the dude. I seriously do. And I feel like there's got to be some sort of sincerity as just being a human being to not be like, oh, pff, just get rid of him. But hey, I guess that's fandom. I just feel bad for the dude because he has talent. And the problem is we just can't, we don't get to see it. The NFL world doesn't get to see it. I thought this year that with this defense, which looked good, by the way, we'll get to that momentarily, that he could finally get on that national stage and people could see, oh, man, that Horn guy is really good. Like Monday night, even though they're giving us the B crew, the country could have seen J.C. Horn ball out. They could have seen what J.C. Horn could do against a good Saints receivers core. And right now, I'm probably not going to be that way considering – just he didn't come back today the way that he was emotional and just, you know, the history of J.C. Horn. So it sucks to see him get injured. I mean, people got to chill out. Like, guys, like the dude's not trying to get hurt. It's just – it's tough. And we already know what happens when he goes down. C.J. Henderson gives up a big play. Happened yet again to seal the game for the Atlanta Falcons in the 24-10 loss for the Carolina Panthers. Now, there were some good – there were some bad. Of course, there were some ugly, and we've kind of gone over the ugly. Let's talk about some of the other things that we saw – in the game on Sunday, I guess today, as Panthers fall 24 to 10 to the Atlanta Falcons here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, that could be you, can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. If you're someone right now who, well, I guess you're watching right now, but if you're someone listening later on, and you didn't get to watch all the games you wanted to, guys, There's that's an incredible deal. Now, in North Carolina, we don't have FanDuel just yet, but we will soon. But if you're elsewhere across the world, go ahead, get that going because you want to be able to watch all the games. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, we're back here on Locked on Panthers, live on YouTube. Uh, 102 people we had here a moment ago. We're now down to, now we're back to 103. We're down to 199, now we're back to 103. So shout out to the folks that have been on here today. I think we had up to like 106 so far. So thanks to everybody who's tuning here live again. After every Panthers game, I will be live here on YouTube. So it's the first time you ever check me out. I hope you like the show. If you don't like the show, still come back and listen. And hate, just hate listen, man. Whether you like to listen, you hate to listen, just listen. That's all I need. Or watch. Watch or listen. Do what you got to do. Do both. Listen to the podcast in the car. Go back and watch at home. Look at me. 
I mean, I guess don't look at me. Close your eyes. God. Um, all right. So more takeaways from the Panthers 24 to 10 loss to Atlanta. <laughs> Yo, guys, they need to quit playing with Brian Burns, man. They need to quit playing. That dude came out here, first possession, strip sack. Quit playing. Second possession, another half a sack. He had four tackles, one and a half sacks, and a tackle for loss in the first two drives. Now, he had seven tackles overall, four solo, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. Quit playing with this man, dude. Quit playing with him. Just pay him. Now, I would credit the Panthers. They came out, and they looked really good in the first half getting after uh, Desmond Ritter. We didn't see it in the second half, but they had four sacks by halftime. Uh, we got we saw Shai Tuttle get in on the action. Frankie Louvu had seven last year. Good to see, see that again. He came up the middle on one of those. Derek Brown. We talked about him. He had nine tackles, eight solo, one sack, two TFLs. He's going to be excellent for the Panthers again. Pay Brian Burns. Quit playing with this man. I don't understand. There's, like, what, I, I tweeted out, if I were Brian Burns' agent, after those first two drives, I'd be telling him, take off your pads. Take your pads off, man. We're not going back. We're not playing anymore. We're not going back to the facility until we get our money. Now, that's a joke. Obviously, I wouldn't do that. I would, like, you're already out there. Keep playing. Like, it's a horrible look. Um, but, guys, come on. Like, I think a lot of us are already on... Like, the, the price went up again. I'm going to say the price went up. Every sack, that's like $250,000 more that you get. So, we're at about four, what is it, 150, about 325K, that more that he needs to get in his contract per year now that uh, the Panthers are waiting because every sack is $250,000 more, in my opinion, um, per year on his deal. So, Brian Burns looked good. The defense as a whole looked good, man. Uh, two of 10 on third down, four sacks. 221 yards, that's all they gave up. 91 passing, 34 of which were on that Kyle Pitts reception. Thank you, C.J. Henderson. Now, 130 yards rushing isn't great. That's five yards per carry, and you can do the math. So, basically, two carries a first down. I don't understand Atlanta at all and what they were trying to achieve in this game a lot of times because in the first half, they threw the ball 10 times. They ran the ball like only like nine. They had 74 rushing yards at halftime. 9.3 yards per carry, only 74 total yards. They lost 24 yards um, because of sacks, and they only had 24 yards passing in the first half. If you're at 9.3 yards per carry, why are you not running the football more? So that was just confounding to me how Atlanta was going about their business offensively. Offensively, they looked pretty much terrible all day, but they were able to run the ball, especially in the second half as the Panthers got tired and the mistakes keep kept happening. So that defense, we talked about it. Could they be a top-10 unit? Like, the way they performed – that looks like they could be. Now, I will say this. The only negative I have to say about the defense outside of C.J. Henderson and then the awful injury for J.C. Horn is if they're going to be a top-10 unit, if they're going to be considered one of those and seen as that, an elite unit, you got to be better on sudden change defense. Because I'm telling you right now, Gerald Vero is ticked off at how his defense performed after the turnovers. The Panthers have failed to play complimentary football the last couple seasons. Whether the offense gets the defense in hot water, the defense is the offense in hot water, they've never been able to pick them up. Like when the offense turns it over, you got to go out and get off the field. You can't give up a touch. Like if you give up three, then okay, but like you got to be better. Because in the situation when that first interception happened, if you give up three, that's what you want, but you can't give up seven. The second one, you got to, they only gave up three, so you credit them there, but then the Sanders one, like the Falcons got to have to drive down there and go down and score a touchdown. 17 points off turnover is not going to get it done. Like three? Would have been acceptable. That's what a top 10 elite defense does. And I'm not saying it's on them. Because obviously it's on Bryce, it's on Sanders, on the offense and the turnovers. But they got to be better in those situations. So situationally, the defense wasn't great. But overall, that's a good defensive performance. And you can win with that. 
as long as the offense takes care of the football. So don't don't take this as me saying the defense is bad and it's on them. It's not. But that's just one area where if they want to be considered an elite defense, you got to be better in those sudden change situations. So Burns, pay the man. Brown, pfft, good. Luvo out there doing his thing. Shaq, I like it. I like this defense. Really good start for them. Just that's the one area they got to figure out there. Uh, the running back rotation, like they feel like there should be one. Going into the season, I think all of us felt that uh, Miles Sanders would be the workhorse, that he could be a, a three-down back. Uh, 18 carries, 72 yards, had that fumble. That was a backbreaker for the Panthers. Chuba Hubbard was really good, man. And we saw that last year where Chuba stepped up with Deontay Foreman. Wasn't that greatest rookie year when Christian went down. But again, rookie, not that big of a deal. Day three pick, what could you really expect it? He's been a solid player for the Panthers now that they just have him solely as a runner and not trying to catch the football or play special teams. Uh, nine carries, 60 yards, 6.7 yards per carry. I would like to see more Chuba off of what we saw today. And the offensive line, they, they did a good job. They did a good job opening up some holes for those guys. Panthers ran for 151, and that's going to be good enough any day. And that's just the thing that sucks about today. If you don't turn the football over, then the defense gives up nothing. <laughs> you, you probably pitch a shutout, honestly. So that's, that's what stinks about today, that they turn the ball over. The defense played well, could be better in sudden change. I mean, have to be better, certainly. And then you ran the football well. You, you controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part. Now, yeah, they gave up 130 yards rushing. But that was a good defensive performance. Running backs would like to see maybe more out of Chuba. Because uh, it's not like Miles. I mean, he was better than Miles Sanders. He touched the ball half as many times as him. Uh, the offense, we were wondering what it looked like. I had people ask me um, coming out of preseason, what do you think will be different? And I had said, hey, we had heard back in Spartanburg that Lavishka Chenault was lining up in the backfield. We didn't see that at all. We hadn't seen um, what some of these other guys look like. Well, we saw a we saw a pistol set. I, have you ever seen the Panthers run a pistol set in the 28 year history of this organization? Have you ever seen them come out and run a pistol? No. Now they only they almost had a fumble there. Uh, it's Chuba looked like he went the wrong way. And then I know Bryce did drop one of those. Uh, but the pistol came out. They did that. They were running a wishbone and a gun. They did some different things. You saw how involved LaVishka Chenault was, and they got away from that. I don't look at LaVishka Chenault in, like, super high regard. I know people draw the Debo Samuel comparisons they did on the broadcast. I, I don't know what Debo did today, but I think Debo probably did more than what LaVishka did. Um, but also, the Panthers, being down DJ Chark, they should have at least got him the ball more than they did today, and they did not. They got away from that after it looked to be a fairly successful, at least threatening, it just got kind of boring. It was just simple dropbacks after that. I like what they did, and they scripted. You have to understand, the first about 10, 15 plays of a game are oftentimes, like that first drive scripted. So they ran the script. They got Chenault involved. They did the pistol. They did the wishbone kind of stuff, which they went back to. I don't think we saw the pistol after that first drive. Uh, and then they got down and they stalled out. I don't hate the aggressiveness at all. Uh, kicking the field goal would have done them no good considering the amount of times they turned the football over anyway. So hindsight would look back, not that bad in the moment. Didn't hate it, especially nowadays. Like when Frank Reich said, I'm not a big chart guy. I'm not going to really talk about that. But like I felt like that was the right decision. The chart said it was the right decision, and I don't disagree with it. Your offensive line just got to be better blocking. And we've seen in the past in short yardage situations, this O-line struggle to get the key block. And I thought Robert Smith did a really good job of explaining how the defense alignment wanted there to be that opening right there in front of the center to make the offense believe that gap was there. And Hubbard saw it. Grady Jarrett, just I'm better than you, got there to the hole, forced Hubbard to the left. And that's exactly where the Falcons wanted him to be, where they blew it up. And that left side, Icky, 
Um, Brady, got to be better. Can't get beat in that situation. That's what happened. You tip your cap. You also are frustrated. But there were some good things to see. They moved the football. And I thought for the most part, like, they did. Like, the, the touchdown drive, uh, two good third-down conversions by Bryce, hitting um, Hayden Hurst. Like, there was that connection there. That was a positive. Like, there were things that you can take away that were positives from this game. Like, how the defense played. Like, the offense, aside from turnovers, you know, it wasn't like they ran the ball well. The passing game. Like, there's a lot to work on there. For sure. And I had this concern. When they traded DJ Moore, the Panthers said that it will be easier for us to find that type of receiver than it will for us to find a Derrick Brown or a Brian Burns. Now, yes, certainly going to be a lot harder to find a Brian Burns. Same thing with a Derrick Brown than finding a receiver. But right now, the receivers that they have are not going to help this team win very many ball games. just looking at it from one game. Now, I will say this. Let's wait to see what DJ Chark can do. The problem is... DJ Chark is doing what he's always done. It's not been on the field. And people want to criticize J.C. Horn for not being healthy. Well, DJ Chark hasn't really been healthy anywhere he's gone. And I don't know why would he expect to be much different here in Carolina. When they signed him, he already wasn't healthy. And now he has a hamstring that's been hampering him the last about month now. And he was ruled out on Friday for today's game. Hopefully he's ready by next Monday. We'll see. Would like to see what kind of downfield threat he could provide as they only went downfield twice. One was an overthrow to Jonathan Mingo. The other one was... It looks like an overthrow, but according to Robert Smith on the broadcast, Terrace Marshall quit on his route. And that's one of the things where anyone who's believing in Terrace Marshall, Terrace had a great opportunity today to show it, didn't show it. And there wasn't much separation. Like, Hurst, five receptions, 41 yards, touchdown. Uh, that's what you want out of Hayden Hurst. That's what you need out of Hayden Hurst. So I liked what I saw from him. But everybody else, two receptions, seven targets, 23 yards for Terrace Marshall. Jonathan Bingo, no criticism. He's a rookie, first game. Two receptions, 17 yards. Like, if that's what you're going to get from him, I don't really – that's not that big of a deal, to me, honestly, because that's your fourth option. Adam Thielen, two receptions, 12 yards. He had the offensive pass interference. That was right before the Bryce interception. Didn't see much of an impact from him. He had the ankle. I'm wondering if that was something that was really bothering him still. He played with that, so maybe. So I'll give him somewhat of a pass. That's not a good thing that your top two receivers, at least the guys that you are paying to be your top two receivers, one didn't play, the other one didn't have much of an impact and likely was hampered by an ankle than the depth. And I've talked about this, the receiver depth. There may be more options, but the depth is still not great. Terrace, not good. Mingo, again, rookie. I'm not going to be hard on him at all. But outside of that, like, what did you see? So receiver, that's a problem. Indianapolis, I don't know what they did today. Same thing with Houston. But everyone, league-wide, was saying that those three teams that took quarterbacks in the first round did those quarterbacks no favors with the wide receivers they put around them. Granted, I've said this multiple times. Looking at the receiver market, it wasn't great. What could you really expect them to do after they got rid of DJ Moore? And I'm sure there's people out there who wish that the Panthers would have traded Brown or if they're not going to pay Burns, may have traded him and then kept DJ Moore because that would have been a better situation for Bryce Young. And you put Bryce Young in the situation that Justin Fields was in before the Bears went out there and traded for DJ by getting him a number one when he didn't have one before. And right now, Bryce Young does not have a number one. And even when Shark's healthy, even when Thielen's fully healthy, they don't have a number one receiver. They don't have anyone that scares a team in the NFL. And that's the point I've been bringing up. And until you see it, you can't really believe it. But now you've seen it, it's a little alarming. So a lot of good still, in spite the, despite a lot, there's a lot of good that came out of this game and what you saw. The offense will get better. The defense, <laughs> I mean, it can keep getting better too, man, because there's some areas they can get better at. Offensive line, 
as concerned as they looked in the preseason, as I told y'all, there was a 17-game sample size from a year ago that tells you this is good, a good unit. And even without Corbett, they might take a little bit of a step back because you just don't lose a guy who's as good as Austin Corbett was for you last year and then get better. They were good enough today. And Zavala, I thought was good enough. We'll see what the PFF grades were. But it's going to be a work in progress. And Frank Reich said, in the NFL, the only thing that's, that's acceptable – are wins. So the result today is not acceptable. The turnovers is not acceptable, but there's still a lot of good to take from this. It's one out of 17. So don't freak out too much. Give Bryce time. The offense will get better. I don't know about the receiving game, but it's got to be better than what it was today. So in due time. Now, Monday night, we got all week to talk about it. And even next Monday before the game, that's a game now where the Falcons won, the Saints won, the Bucks beat the Vikings. My God. So you're now in last place. You can't afford to go into. You got to get off and find a way to win before what should be a sellout crowd, a hyped up crowd, Monday Night Football, Bryce Young's debut at home. Get there. Don't hold your head down too too much. It's going to be a process. I didn't come in the season thinking playoffs, but I definitely didn't come in the season thinking three turnovers week one. And it's the, we still haven't seen this offense hole. So give it some time. Not a great result. I know. New season. Same story. Yes, that was somewhat the case today, but I think the story can still be different. It's still to be written for this team moving forward as the Panthers fall 24-10 to the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday afternoon down at Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta, Georgia. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Thank you to all of you, 144 people right now as I'm logging off, live watching it. I'll be here every single game following the game about an hour after on YouTube. Listen, oh, breaking down the show that's why it's important why you subscribe or follow for free on youtube where you can check out the live episodes you can always check out their episodes after the fact and you can also listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or every live episode every single episode is right there on your podcast feed and be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where on wednesday go ahead get the questions in right now get them into me on Wednesday, I'll answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow, I guess Monday night on YouTube, early Tuesday on your podcast stream, as we continue to break down the Panthers' 24-10 loss against the Falcons and get some more clarity on the injury of J.C. Horn. Until then, let's talk to you later. Take care. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.